Trigger warning, Death and Friends is not a podcast for the light of heart. Many dark and serious subjects will come up. Listener discretion is advised. Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. Fuck, man. Andrew Borden is now dead. Lizzie hit him on the head. Up in heaven, he will sing. On the gallows, she will swing. Wow, sorry about that. You guys just got a just got a little caught up in it. <laughs> what? I mean, you're covered in blood singing nursery rhymes with spooky music, so it's just, it's a bit on the nose. It's a bit on the nose. Is it? Dom, for the love of God, play the song, please. Jesus Christ, play the goddamn song. All right. Here we go. Death comes for us all. You might as well make it your friend. Your friend. With us on Welcome back, Skeleton Army. My name is Angel, and uh, this is uh, this Nash. This Nash. Okay. Oh, no. Hello. Okay. Well, I'm terrified to say this based on the look on your face. Paint the picture, Nash. Okay. Stop. First. <laughs> look, I'm going to need everyone to buckle the fuck up for this one, okay? There's a lot of evidence. And a lot of other different not evidence. Okay. Yeah. Things like elitism, mm-hmm. racism, mm-hmm. Um, bunch of other isms that are not fun. Yeah. Definitely some shitty gender stuff. Yeah. But, you know, and also, just to be clear, super clear on this. Yeah. You listening? Hey, you there. Yeah. Listen. Me? Got yeah. this? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're not solving this crime today. Aw. No. No, it's not happening, buddy. Oh, I'm a true crime listener, and I guess I'll check this podcast out. Uh, how could it be? We're not fucking solving the crime. We're not doing it. I sent the I sent the psychic home. What? Sorry. I, th- I thought maybe we could solve it, but then she started talking about my grandma's dog, so I just let her go. All the same. <laughs> hang on to your pants, because it's August 1892, and we're in the New England town of Fall River. Ah, Massachusetts. It started... As a rural outpost of Plymouth Colony, but now it's a bustling city of industry, fueled by textile production. Just to recap on our situation, Edgar Allan Poe, dead as hell. Dead. The Irish famine, super over, over but still under English rule. Mm-hmm. Mm. Black death is mostly gone, but rats are still getting blamed for that. Justice for rats! Justice for rats. It'll be some years until Lord Carnivan and <laughs> Howard Carter get a little... Mm. A little busy in a sandpit mm. outside of Tyson, baby. <laughs> and fun fact, yeah. vampires what? don't exist. What? Still. There's been some other shit maybe happening <laughs> yeah. on Earth, probably, but whatever. Let's meet the Bordens, then. First up, our guy Andrew, the family patriarch. He grew up in modest means, and his family struggled a bit. But he's got one of those real entrepreneurial spirits 
I believe the word you're looking for is son of a bitch. Let's let's table that for a minute. So he's all piece of shit. Entrepreneurial, and he gets a decent start in the casket business. Oh, how's that for some fucking foreshadowing? Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, everyone gets a casket eventually. All right, you spooky bitch, but you probably shouldn't smile with that so much. It's just well, you're cheesing hard. It's just my thing. Anyway, then he moves into real estate developing. Oh, because of course he does. He's landlord now. Yeah. It's just, uh, it just keeps getting better. better. You're the worst protagonist you've ever... <laughs> <laughs> he moves from residential into commercial real estate. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> By the time he dies in 1892, he's worth what today would be about... Carry the one, $9 million. Cool. Yeah. Mm, just hoarding it up. But by all accounts, if it helps, he oh, was a hoarding. prop. Yeah, he was a proper stingy bastard. I mean, no flushing toilets in his house. Didn't want to move to the good rich people neighborhood type shit, which his daughters just did not appreciate. And look, if you want to get an idea of what kind of man he was, just know that the J in Andrew J. Borden is for Jackson. Like, he was named after Andrew Jackson, <laughs> the famous asshole turned president. The United States. Ooh, shocking. Yeah. Everyone. Okay. Meet Abby Borden. She's Andrew's second wife, his first wife, Sarah, having died in 1863 of uterine congestion and disease of the spine. Whatever the fuck that means in the 19th century. Holy if shit. If you have any idea, uh, please, I'm begging you, let me know. I spent way too long... Researching that for no reason. <laughs> Seriously, though, we lost Nash for like weeks. We need your help. Somebody. I mean, it was ADHD brain, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't that bad. We found you in your chicken coop holding eggs. I was doing research on uteruses. I explained this. Okay, still gross. Uh, <laughs> Abby was from modest means, and she really didn't have a dowry. God, the scandal! Can you imagine not having the money to pay someone to marry your human daughter? Don't know why you had to say the human part, but okay. <laughs> Abby isn't super well-liked by either of her new stepdaughters. Emma, the elder daughter, only ever refers to as Mrs. Borden. And neither sister ever let anyone refer to Abby as their mom, their mummy, their mother, their madre, their... Mama. There you go. <laughs> Without correcting them, which is rude, considering she had to be married to Andrew and isn't just... Isn't that enough? Andrew and Abby's marriage... Also doesn't appear to have been affectionate or even very charitable. Mm. Abby's allowance was the same as her stepdaughter's. Four dollars a week. Four dollars a week. I spent four dollars this morning just thinking about getting up. <laughs> uh, but hers had to be spent on household expenses rather than being money for her own use. Andrew's such an asshole. He's like, here's some money. Now go buy things we need for the house. No, that's, yeah, that's separate money. It, bitch. And you're like, no, that's that's separate money. It's like, no, that's 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 for you. And also pay all the bills. Mm-hmm. I got that. But also, isn't that separate? No. No. The rest of this giant pile of money is for me to look at when I'm sad. Okay. Well, are you going to even buy yourself nice clothes? No. No. Uh, Get away from my money pile. It's mine. Mine, I say. Uh, yeah, oh, here's the best part about Andrew. Didn't even wear a ring. Oh. This fucking asshole. But did wear one given to him by Lizzie. 
So take all that however you want. Yeah, take it. Please, God, take it. Put it in a big bag and do whatever you want with it, but take it. This is yours now. No, yeah. no, no, no. Don't push it back here. 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 Don't leave take it. The, take the fucking bag. <clears throat> Speaking of Emma, she was 14 when Andrew and Abby married. And according to her, her mother's last words were to watch over baby Lizzie. So Emma, nine years older than her sister, becomes a de facto mother. Something that probably caused a bit of tension between her and her new stepmom. And Emma and Lizzie's relationship actually becomes a source of speculation and interest even to this day. Now... Emma is away the day of the murders. She is perhaps, conveniently, maybe, staying with a friend out of town. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> this leaves us with Lizzie. Lizzie, or Lizbeth Andrew Borden, as she was officially named. Which is a little weird. Or not weird, actually. It's no. not weird. Not it's weird not at all. It's fine. It's fine. Was born on July 19th, 1860. Her mother dies in 1863 and Andrew marries Abby two years later in 1865 when Lizzie is five years old. By all accounts, though, Lizzie does call Abby mother on occasion. Hmm. The relationship between them is chilly and formal, with Lizzie going to her older sister for any help or guidance. Andrew appears to have played the part of a doting father to Lizzie, insomuch as he was able, even sending her on an 11-week European tour in 1890, just two years before he was murdered. Okay, Robert Stack from Unsolved Mysteries. One last intro for now. Meet Bridget Sullivan, the family's maid. Bridget immigrated from Ireland a few years prior to the murders to work as a domestic, and she's been with them for a little under three years. She is 26 years old. In true rich people fashion, the family usually refers to her as Maggie, which, and this is true, was the name of their previous Irish-born maid. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. That's some bullshit. That's, that's not okay. Mm. <laughs> that's not okay. <laughs> 19th century Fall River has a capital letter problem with immigrants, for sure. And we will get to that just a little bit. Okay, now we've met everybody. Well, mostly everybody. So let's chat about the day before the murder. <clears throat> it's August 3rd, and a woman heads into her local Victorian-era pharmacy for a little bit of something called prussic acid. She tells the pharmacist she needs to seal the edges of a sealskin cape, whatever that means. Uh, <laughs> okay. Which, like, fine, you know, it's fine. But the pharmacist refuses to sell it without a doctor's order because prussic acid, slightly watered-down version of hydrosanic acid, which is, to put it medically here... Black death, polio, spontaneous combustion. Dying comes and after death comes decomposition. It may seem sad and also gross, but here you are and here's your host, not an actual doctor, but it's medical, medical, medical facts with Dr. Angel. Hella deadly. A man inside the shop recognizes a woman as Miss Borden, Andrew J.'s daughter. Yes, hi. I'd like to buy some cyanide. Oh, 
It's not to murder my famously miserly father at all. It's definitely to hang on. Let me just double check what I wrote on my hand this morning to not sound like I'm going to murder my dad. Ugh, it looks like it's smudged. It looks like clean something. LOL, definitely not murdering my dad. If you're getting weirdo vibes from this, don't worry. <laughs> it gets much weirder. It's just so much. So weird. Oh, my God. Please. Help, help me. Please. They have my kids. Hold on to your butts because it's a lot of weird. It was oppressively hot on August 4th, 1892, and the Bordens, they've had a sleepless night full of meat sweats. Tummy rumbles. <laughs> tummy rumbles. <laughs> well, tummy, your tummy hurts. Oh, no, my well tummy. Mm. <laughs> oh, doctor, my tummy. <laughs> In the morning, Abby goes to see the family doctor across town. And she tells him that she fears they've been poisoned due to Andrew's prominent public stance and also probably him being an asshole. Let's be honest here. Yeah. And uh, the doctor dismisses this, assuming it's just an old case of the summer complaint. It is not a super great advert for your town when every time it's warm out, everyone gets the poops and it's just like a thing that has a name. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes, don't worry, sweetie, that's just the summer mud butt. Brought to you by Scenic Fall River. Hey, is it summertime and you feel a bubbling in your stomach? Mm. Welcome to Scenic Fall River. Are you sweating from both your skin and your other orifices? The best cottage sees this side of whatever fucking river's there. Wow, this cottage cheese is great. You mean the butter? Oh, no. <laughs> I love what you've done with the chocolate milk. No, we haven't emptied the chamber pots. That was very Oh, no! <laughs> oh, wow, wow, wee wow. <laughs> waka, waka. Oh, is this porridge or are you happy to see me? <laughs> oh, no. What does that even mean? <clears throat> My love for you, sweetie. It curdles like milk in the afternoon. You can taste it almost, you know? Oh, man. Gross. The good old doctor takes Abby back to the house and wants to see Andrew real quick, just to confirm it's not poison. But Andrew declines and also refuses to pay the bill, which is, like, pretty fucking rude, considering they he had to, like, listen to Abby, like, detail out her diarrhea all morning. <laughs> uh, now the night of August the 3rd, in the middle of what we're calling the mud butt situation, yes. the Borden family now gets a visitor in the form of the late Borden mom, Sarah's, Little brother John. John? Little John Morse usually traveled east to do business and see his nieces each summer. But damn. <laughs> Ooh. Damn. Homie has just the worst timing. <laughs> oh, or. No, no, nope, no, 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 don't do this. Oh. No, no, no. Stop the dramatic music, though. Let's table your foreshadowing for just a hot minute and hit the timeline. Mm. Now play the music, though. At 7 a.m., Andrew and Abby have a little bit of breakfast with John. <laughs> John leaves a bit before 9 a.m. to run some errands. And Lizzie misses him only by a few minutes and eats breakfast alone. Emma's still away. Just as a reminder, she's, she's away. At a bit after 9 a.m., Andrew leaves the house to make some rounds. <laughs> Which is rich people talk for it. Gonna go have some immigrants probably that I think owe me money. Hey, you there! Brownie! I'm a person. It's around 9.30 when Bridget, we're 
going to call her by her actual name because even though she's dead, it feels like she probably would have preferred that. Anyway, she's still not feeling great, and she goes outside to vomit in the garden like a fucking lady. Yeah! Yes. Abby pops upstairs to make the guest room bed sometime after 9.30, but before 10.30. That doesn't... So far, you've described a pretty normal morning, if I'm going to be honest here. I don't see anything going bad at all. And is promptly hit with an axe or a hatchet while facing her attacker. Oh. Yeah. The first blows hit her hard, right above her left ear, the force of which turns her body and makes her collapse to the floor, where she slams her face. She's hit with another 17 blows and is left to bleed out on the carpet. Her body would be visible to anyone climbing the stairs. All right. Now, it's, it's, time is linear here, so we're going to move forward to 1045. Andrew comes home to find the front door locked. His key doesn't work for some reason, so he knocks on the door, getting Bridget's attention. She goes to the door, but forgets her key to turn the lock from the inside. These people were keeping locksmiths in business single-handedly. Bridget will later tell police she cursed a bit as she unlocks the door, and in response, she hears Lizzie laugh at it from upstairs. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Now, if she was actually upstairs at the moment, though, there's no way she couldn't have seen Abby's body. Mm. But more on this later. (laughs) Mm. Mm. Lizzie meets Andrew when he gets home. And about this, she either lies or misremembers a bunch of things at once. She tells the police that she helps her father remove his boots and put on his slippers. But his boots are still on in the crime scene photos. She tells Andrew that Abby has gone out to visit a sick friend after receiving a telegram, but no such telegram is ever produced and no sick friend emerges during the trial. She also tells Bridget that there is a department store sale happening and urges her to go. Don't you know? It's buy one, get one. Ah. (laughs) But Bridget takes the opportunity instead to take a nap in her bedroom on the third floor instead. And she still doesn't feel well. At just around 11 a.m., Andrew receives the first blow to the head, hitting his eye so hard that it's cut in half. He's hit in the head another 10 or 11 times with the same weapon used on Abby about an hour before. It's a few minutes after 11 when Lizzie calls upstairs. Maggie, come quick. Father's dead. Someone came in and killed him. Black death polio Spontaneous combustion Dying comes then after death Comes decomposition It makes it sad and also gross But here you are and here's your host Not an actual doctor But It's medical Facts With Dr. Bain In the official death record, both Andrew and Abby have the same cause of death. Shack from assault with an axe or a large hatchet. <laughs> Some question marks in there for sure. See, t- here's the thing. Today we might call that hypovolemic shock, which means, in layman's terms, y- uh, you out of blood. There's yeah. no more. Sorry. Or for shout. Look, we're turning the knob. There's no more blood. Dry. Dry. No, no más sangre. ¿Dónde está sangre? Sangre, ¿dónde está? ¿Está aquí? No. No. No mas. No mas sangre. The Aztecs would be so mad. 
Yeah, they would. After a certain point, your body doesn't have enough blood to keep your heart pumping. And without your heart pumping or moving oxygen and the nutrients in your body, your body starts to shut down organs as ischemia sets in. Eventually, the blood supply is so inadequate that your organs fail. And guess what happens when your organs fail? What happens when your organs fail? You get held back a year and you die. Oh. Depending on the severity of your wounds and how quickly you're losing blood, death can occur in as little as a few minutes. As is probably the case when you're fucking accident. Yeah. Morbid. So Bridget... Hearing Lizzie's summons, comes downstairs and immediately fetches Dr. Bowen. You, you remember Dr. Bowen? He was, he was the guy that was, he was just here yesterday telling Abby she had no reason to worry about being poisoned to death. Yeah. All right. I'm sure, he, I'm sure he feels real good about that one. Yeah. That guy. He's the guy who had to write down all the reasons and the yeah. ways they were having the diarrhea. Mm-hmm. That guy. The guy was just here. You, th- you think he was just like, you're not poisoned just so you can get the fuck out of there. Just so he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then he got to the house and Andrew was like, I'm not paying you to tell my wife that she has diarrhea because she knows that. And you think he was like, you know what? Maybe somebody would poison you. Do you ever think mm. about that? Foreshadowing, maybe. Mm. Maybe Dr. Bowen did it with the candlestick. No, wait, that's the wrong thing. Anyway, Dr. Bowen, the guy that definitely did think the Bordens were going to be murdered yesterday... Uh, He gets the police, and the investigation officially begins. But that is next week's problem. So you'll just have to tune in to hear how that all goes. In case you were hoping that the investigation is in total shit show or that the trial goes really smoothly, though, here's a little taste from the New York Times on June 17th, 1893. There seems to be little prospect that the mystery will be cleared up by trial. The verdict, if there shall be a verdict, will make little to no difference. Well... On that anticlimactic note, that's the episode. Tune in next week for the conclusion of Lizzie's story and also the end of our first season. Wow! Yeah! A special thanks to you, our favorite listener. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A rate and review would also be nice. Yeah, yeah, it would. Rate yeah. review is, yeah. Do it. You spooky cowards. skellies, you. Wait, no, be nice. <laughs> you just call them cowards. <laughs> Seriously, though, a rate and a review would be very sweet of you. You know what else is great? You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. I am at Gorilla Jokes. And I'm at It's Nash Flynn. And of course, you can follow the podcast at, at Death and Friends Podcast. Yeah. And hey, if you love the show, we've got a Patreon now. A Patreon? I do. Yes. What? <laughs> wow, are we one? <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly to cover our sound guy's medical bills. In order to properly write medical facts, we expose Dom to all the illnesses and ways to die we talk about on the show. Gotta say, doesn't look great. There's a lot of blood on the couch. Come quick. Someone has killed our sound guy. Definitely wasn't us. So check it out at patreon.com slash deathandfriends. Oh, by the way, we should probably also thank our patrons at the Brendan Fraser level. Yes. Thanks so much to Kevin L., John D., Jen and Jake from Game Snake, and Andy C. Hey, hey you there. Hey. Hey, I know you're not part of the Patreon, but it's okay. Because you, you there, you're loved. Yeah. Yeah, you matter as well. And if you don't want to be your own friend, do not worry. We will happily be your friend. Well, (laughs) in the, the fine print, you'll see, as long as you double pinky promise not to ax me to death. Thanks in advance. Yes, that's... Very important. Yeah. No promises. <laughs> Until next time, skeleton army. Love you. Love you.
No oh god. Oh no, the music's back. Ah! <laughs> this was the Neighbor Inc. podcast. Go to neighborinc.com for more details. Executive produced by Jacob Duffy Halbleib. Audio design by Dominic Guanzon. Themes and transitions by Amy Doe. The fuck is a knave? Remember this is a comedy podcast? Don't use it in your research papers. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. What the fuck, man. I'm s- straight up. This isn't even me in character. I'm never going to get used to that. <laughs> That's the worst. Oh. Death? Hang on, hang on. Real quick. Yeah. <laughs> when you say no flushing toilets. Yeah. What does that mean? Chamber pots, baby. We're pooping next to our bed in a bowl. <laughs> and then in the okay. morning, we take them out. Okay, not gonna lie, for a while there, I thought you meant like they would poop, and they'd be like, no, the water bill's too high, don't flush that (laughs) shit down the goddamn drain. No, no toilets that were capable of removing feces from the home, so they did it in buckets and then took it out in the morning. You're telling me these people shit in their own shitters? (laughs) And then took it out, like other people's servants would actually have to take it out for them, which is, okay. I, I mean, you're kind of painting them as not that much of an asshole. Hmm. Considering all the shit they do to her, like the fact that they're like, no, well, we got this part. We can do this. I mean, I think partially because it was just embarrassing at that point. Like other people had like the flushing toilets, which were like behind a like real rich people were pooping in cabinets at this point and like flushing it out of their house. So the, the chamber, you know, the maids didn't see it anymore. Oof. Death? With a little bit of something called four a little bit. Fucking Christ. All right. She goes in the pharmacy. She's like, look what I have, you guys. Uh, hey, hey, guys. That's how she talks. Hey. Can you imagine? <laughs> We're like, oh, man, she was so spooky. And we go back in time. She's like, hello, I'm Lizzie Borden. And we're just like, oh, no. <laughs> hello, I'm Lizzie Borden. Death? It was oppressively hot on August 4th, 1892. <laughs> oppressively hot? Oppressively. How oppressively? <laughs> how oppressively? <laughs> What is what is oppressively hot? Like you there, be sweaty. Oh no! <laughs> it's like that heat when you like can't even breathe. The one that kind of weighs you down. Yeah. Hey, it it's a- always gonna be an uphill battle. Are you doing Come. the climb from Cyrus? <laughs> <laughs> it was death. The good old doctor takes Abby back to the house. <laughs> I started off talking like you for whatever reason. The good old doctor. <laughs> Hey, get old doctor takes Abby back to the house and watches the answer real quick. Just to confirm it's not poison. But Andrew declines and he also refuses to pay the bill, which is pretty goddamn rude. Considering this guy has to listen to Abby detail her diarrhea all morning. I know that you're Adam Sandler, but the delivery was that of that was very like any white man with a current Netflix special. <laughs> he also refuses to pay the bill. These <laughs> goddamn casual culture people. He had to like listen to Abby like detail out her diarrhea all morning. You know what I mean? Like just like anyway. Okay, and then and then what happened? And then it started coming out of your butt. Yes. How did you know? Hmm. Um, we've been at this for hours. I think I know what happens next. Then I eat something. Then your stomach hurts. Yes. And then, then the, the brown comes out of your butt. Wow. Just like you there, sir. Let, where's the nearest tailor? Just I'm just asking for a friend. Let's say somebody had some trouser browning. <laughs> just a deluge of moist leaves. Ugh. 
just wet hay. Is this the family horse, or? You, you fucking wish it was. Oh, dear. It was just the family. <laughs> Death? It's right on the tongue. God, it's funny because, like, in my mind, because of this thing, it just smells like farts in that town. I mean, but no one in the t- but no one in the town knows <laughs> until like somebody from out out of the town is like, Jesus Christ, but he smells like shit. <laughs> Everyone's like, well, that's what it is. <clears throat> Welcome to scenic Fall River. It's where it got its name. It falls. Mm-hmm. No, this was. <clears throat> there's nothing too, there. There's nothing no, in that joke. Too much. All right, keep going. Yeah.